Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to By the Word of Their Testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining me on the program. I'm delighted to have your company and I have a very special guest in the studio with me today here at our Morissette Studios and his name is Bradley Moody. Brad, welcome to the program. Thanks, Auntie, and really appreciate the time. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm looking forward to your testimony because I don't really know much about it. So I'm going to hear your testimony firsthand, just like our listener out there at the moment. But perhaps just tell us a little bit of what you currently do. What keeps you busy at the moment? Well, at the moment, um, I'm a podiatrist, okay. so I'm operating a small clinic out of uh, two places, one in West Gosford on the Central Coast and the other one in Wyong, also on the Central Coast, a little bit further north, however. Okay. So, yeah. So if people want to find you, can they find you online or... Quite easily, you can find me online. Um, just search for Riverside Podiatry, which is our company, and okay. yeah, we'll certainly be able to help you out. Fantastic. Okay, so that's what keeps you busy at the moment, but understand you're also involved with a relatively new church plant as well, so that keeps you busy at the other times. Indeed it does. Super busy. It's okay. super exciting, though. It's a, um, a fairly new church out in Raymond Terrace that is okay. just, oh, it's just such a lively group. I mm. love the people there. I love the, the, the outreach that they're tucking into. It's just super exciting to be a part of something that's so fresh and so real and relevant to people. Um, so they've got a couple of things going on at the moment, one of which is a um, an op shop, so an opportunity shop for, okay. for people to donate stuff and then come mm. in and buy some stuff. And that's obviously great community um, help for people who mm. obviously don't have access to, to certain things that, that others have a little bit easier access to. Sure. And they can get them for, for a good price as well as it gets them in touch with the community out there as well. And then there's a juice bar that they're about to set up as well. Oh, healthy fantastic. juices yeah, to juices. encourage healthy lifestyles in yeah. the community out in Raymond Terrace. So. Very popular at the moment, yeah. Yeah, oh, fantastic. indeed. So they've got themselves a brand new building, just got air conditioning installed, and it's just, oh, it's just such a great group to be a part of. So mm. yeah, super stoked. Nice. Now, you sound like an Australian to me, so where were you born? <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. I was born a stone's throw from here in Waratah uh, in Newcastle oh, uh, in okay. the Mater Hospital uh, back in 1986. That's me, not afraid to right, show Right, you've my just age. dated yourself. No, yeah. well, well done. That's, that, 86 was a good year? It was for me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so you were... Um, Brought up in a, a Christian environment, or what sort of environment were you I was in? very fortunate to be raised in a Christian home uh, with two loving parents. Don't get me wrong, not perfect, but none of us are. Um, but they, right. they were striving to, to be the best parents they could be. And, and mm. uh, I look back on my childhood and recognize that I was a bit of a brat um, and that I didn't really appreciate all the things that I, I was given as, as I was a child. But now that looking often back, happens. As, yeah. you get, as you look back, you sometimes appreciate the things, but I, at the time it is what it is and you exactly take it for right. granted. Yeah. Um, I remember going. 
going and apologising to my mum. Mum, I was a brat. I'm so sorry for not appreciating all the stuff that you did for me. But um, she just said, what are you talking about? I didn't even notice it. She, you know, just wow. parents, they're just so loving, you know. And, yeah. and uh, my parents are no different. I'm, I'm just super blessed to have had them um, and, and to have them. Okay. Any other siblings? I have three brothers. Um, so and you're one of four One of brothers. four boys. Wow. And recent, most recently, I have two adopted sisters. My mum is uh, an aid worker in uh, in Zambia and she's um, got two baby, um, well, not baby anymore. One of them's one of them's nearly six years old. Roxanne and and Melody's two and a half, and um, so they're 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 um, my two new sisters, which is pretty cool. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. Okay, now look, you've just um, connected a few dots for me because <laughs> I think I have heard about your parents and the work they do over in Africa. Yeah. With young kids and that, and yeah. orphanages and so forth. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> your uh, other three brothers. Are you older, younger, somewhere in the middle? I'm the third from the top. Okay. So um, typical middle child uh-huh. uh, and all the syndromes associated. Um, right. But, yeah, I've got two older brothers and one younger brother. Um, one of my older brothers is in Africa right nearby my, my parents' um, organisation at a place called uh, Riverside in Zambia, which is just out of uh, Lusaka, the capital of Zambia there. And um, and they're, um, uh, they've been there for a couple of years now. Um, mm. He's the groundskeeper out there. One of my, my, my next eldest brother or the next youngest brother is, in Colorado. He's a diesel mechanic over there with his um, lovely family. And then my youngest brother is in the nearby community uh, working as a fitter machinist at Sanitarium. Wow. Okay. So one in the US, one in Africa, and then two brothers remaining in Australia. Holding the fort. (laughs) Holding the fort. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, the influences in your life were Christian when you were growing up? Largely, and, yeah. And, and, and very positive, obviously, yes. because it, it would have had uh, quite an influence in your life and how life has been shaped. Um, as you were growing up, were there any influences contrary to that that uh, sort of worked to counter it? And I'm talking about sort of you know worldly influences or other secular influences, whatever they may be. Oh, well, definitely. I mean, we live in a, in a crazy world. We do uh, indeed. We're inevitably going to be influenced by those factors. And I, uh, my life is no different. I, I was born and raised in, in a Christian home, um, which was great. But as you sort of hit the teenage years, particularly the late teenage years, where you start questioning uh, who you are and where you've come from. And as I said, you don't really appreciate all the things that you were given mm-hmm. as, a, as a child uh, until much later in life. And, and I had my own struggles in that way as well. Um, the, my last year of high school was spent at a, uh, a non-Christian high school. The first okay. um, 11 or 12 years, whatever it was, um, were spent at Avondale um, uh, Primary and Secondary School, and that was amazing education. Mm. Um, and then my last year was spent um, at a non-Christian school, which had its influence naturally. Sure. Um, so was it a shock to the system or did you take it in your stride or do you think, wow, I've been let loose? Yeah, it was a combination of things, okay. but but largely the, the influence wasn't necessarily... No, it wasn't ideal um, mm. in the way that it affected me. Where you know, a young teenage boy trying to find his feet in socially in in, yes. in, in a non-Christian school, um, it doesn't do well for you to, to sure. be putting on. Because everybody likes to fit in, and everybody likes exactly. to be accepted, and sometimes compromise is involved if you really want to fit into the way exactly you think you should. Right. And yeah. and unfortunately, I wasn't as resilient as I would have liked to be, and if I had my time again, would be. You sure. know, um, yes. with those kinds of decisions, but. 
you know, God be praised, he uses those those situations and those influences. Um, uh, he turns them around mm. so that he can make you a useful story, I guess. And, yes. and, and I'm no different. Praise God mm, praise that, God. that yeah. he's turned my story around uh, from, you know, um, those dark pages, mm. I guess. Yeah. Look, the Lord doesn't want us to go down those paths that take us through those dark pages and those dark chapters of life, but he's the only person, the only being that I know that can bring something even brighter out of darkness. Definitely, yeah. So we praise God for that and, and, and new opportunities, you know. Indeed. And, and, and a new um, mindset and a new paradigm to uh, to look at things you know, of the past and also to look forward expectantly in the Indeed. future. Indeed, learning from the, the problems, learning from from the difficulties that you face mm. uh, and growing through that, which, which is, I guess, what I feel like my testimony has all been about, and I'm sure a lot of other people can resonate with that. Absolutely, yeah. Look, one of the texts we from time to time quote here, I believe it's Proverbs 24:16, where it talks about a righteous man. And interesting, this righteous man falls seven times. <laughs> Indeed. But he gets up seven times as well, which Truth. is really encouraging for myself and no doubt for you and other dear listener that may be encouragement for you as well. So uh, you're, you're going through life. When do you start uh, questioning things and when do you start moving towards a direction say, look, I need to make a commitment to the Lord? <laughs> How does that come about? Yeah, that's a long story. Let me okay. try and summarize that. But essentially, as I sort of finished up in school, I came out not – I wasn't entirely forgetful of my Christian experience or, or upbringing. Mm. Um, even in the time of my, I guess, my rebellion, right. uh, I guess, I still would still come along to church, which mm. is so super – Semi-secular. Yeah, yeah, semi-secular, <laughs> super hypocritical of me to be continuing to go to church. But there was something innate within me that just said there's something more than just this superficial existence mm. on this – um, planet. Yeah. Um, there's got to be something more than this. And in the back of my head, I just knew it to be God. I knew it to be his will for my life and all the rest of it. But there was something that just wanted to taste of all the, um, uh, I guess, the the dribble of the world you know, right. yes. and and experience it for myself. But I always kept that, that door open, you know, wanting to just maintain my contact with Christianity just mm. in case I died. I didn't want to lose the potential wow. for a future there. So that was actually deliberate. You didn't want to lose full connection yeah, yeah. with God and the church indeed and and yeah. although although that was very hypocritical I still believe that God worked through that and that sure. there was there was voices that were coming through uh, those times where I was at church that mm. I think kept me in line mm. at least a little bit you know and, I can and relate. Those, yeah. those words can can still come back to you um, and and you can be influenced when you're in the right sphere so in one sense it was better for me to be in both camps at that point in time to at least not um, to totally abandon exactly, your upbringing and exactly. uh, you know, your relationship with God exactly mm. in, in any case um, it sort of started to turn a corner after I left school and your friends groups naturally dissolve a little bit yeah. um, and I started to realise that um, my superficial friendships that I thought were, were going to see me through with a happy life mm. um, weren't quite as rock solid weren't quite as rock solid when circumstances change and people mm. end up with different jobs and places to go and yep. in any case I <clears throat> started to wander back towards um, I guess my family heritage in that sense okay. and, and it's hard to sort of uh, trace the line of when I stepped back into it full force or wholeheartedly uh, but I can remember a couple of key points along the way mm. um, and I think that's probably the part that you'd like me to highlight sure. um, so for example I was uh, listening to my parents had just recently installed 3ABN uh, and and 
good and decision. The Hope, the Hope Channel satellite <laughs> dish on their yeah. house, and I was doing night shift at uh, Sanitarium um, and feeling like because I'd started out doing uh, studying piloting uh, mm. aviation at Avondale, and it was super exciting and and really cool, but. Aviation is not a cheap industry. Yeah. Um, and so I was working really hard at Sanitarium trying to get enough money to, to pave my way through mm. um, the aviation. But it just was kind of like I was walking on sand, you know, where I'd sink some money in, but then I'd have no money and I'd have to wait to get more money. And then I'd need to spend more money to become more current with my pilot's license and then continue my training so okay. it's like it was it was really difficult for me um, mm. not having uh, a, a, a substantial financial basis to mm. be able mm. to, to to find my way through piloting um, and this is one of the ironies of what I was trying to highlight before the reason why I was doing aviation was because in the back of my head um, I knew that um, what God wanted me to do was going to be the thing that I would be the happiest doing and so okay. I started doing aviation with a view that I'm going to be a pilot, but I'm going to be a mission pilot. You know, I'm okay. going to be a volunteer pilot. And, and I know that somehow down the track that that's going to be the most satisfying path for me to take. Hmm. Um, but it was hard to kind of, I guess, um, <laughs> separate my, my own um, uh, selfish inclination there where it's like I'm doing this for God because that will be good for me. Do you know uh, what I mean? Okay. This kind of I, I, I this warped you. sense of thinking. Yes. Um, but in any case, that's why I was doing it. And mm. I was in this place where I didn't have the money to finish my um, piloting and I didn't have the uh, motivation therefore either. So I was just working, just as a factory hand, right. um, just doing my thing, uh, not feeling like I had too much direction. And then it was one day when I was at home by myself, like doing night shift, there's nobody else around. Um, mm. I was home by myself and I flicked on this 3ABN channel that my parents had recently installed. And it was interesting that there was a number of programs that were all talking about the same thing. And it was about getting out and doing something with the time and the resources that you had and just doing it, not waiting for um, opportunity to, to fall in your lap, but go and make opportunities. And at the same time, I had recently heard of a Bible college that had been uh, setting itself up on the similar basis of 3ABN's mindset that if this is God's calling, then he's going to pave the way and he's going to provide the resources mm. for it. And it was really, it was attractive in right. one right. Like I was excited about the idea of going to this Bible college and doing some volunteer work where you don't have to pay for anything and, and God will supply the way for you to do it because as that, that Bible verse says, the laborer is worthy of his hire. Mm. Uh, and as Jesus sent out his disciples and they were provided with everything needful, necessary along the way, so would it be for his disciples in nowadays. I thought, well, this is an exciting opportunity, but at the same time, I wasn't entirely committed to it because I was still in that half-half kind of a space mindset um, where I was trying to selfishly gain from my Christianity, if I could put it that way. Sure. Um, but in any case, I had this very distinct inkling in the back of my mind say, you should go down to that college down there. I didn't tell anybody about this, but I said to myself, you know what? God, if you want me to go down to that college, you're going to have to bring somebody random along to tell me that I need to go down to that college. Because right now, I've got myself set up 
I know I don't have as much direction as I would like, mm. but I've got I've got um, uh, my family and my friends group, my social connections, and they're quite strong, quite mm. firm, and I want to maintain those. Um, and so I said, God, in my head, I said, if you want me to go to that college, you've got to bring someone random. And it wasn't until the weekend before the college began that I was at a, uh, a spiritual uh, meeting where it was a Friday night and, and, and everyone was just getting around singing, worshipping God together. Uh, and at the end of that meeting, I was walking out. I had to, I had to get home um, mm. to meet a curfew. And um, this friend of mine that I hadn't seen for a little while uh was there and I hadn't seen him. I was like, what? I can't walk past without saying hello. And I just said, hey, mate, how are you going? He's like, oh, I'm really good. Mate, have you, how are you going with that flying that you were doing a couple of years back? I was like, oh, look, it's it's sort of slowing down. You know, my money and stuff's running out. And so I'm sort of just working at the moment. He's like, oh, that's cool. Hey, have you heard of this Bible college down in Sydney that's that's running in the next sort of um, couple of weeks? And I was like, yeah, I have. And I hadn't I didn't click at this point right, in time, okay. right? Just didn't register in my mind what was going on. And he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm planning on going down that. You should go down to that program and go do that Bible college course. And I was like, yeah, look, I was sort of thinking about it, but at the same time, not really too sure. He's like, no, 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 man, you should really go down to that. Hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, thanks thanks for that. Anyway, I got a really good run, but you know, good to see you and whatever. And it was as I was walking out of the building that it all dawned on me. And I was like, oh, wow. Answer to prayer. How could I turn that down? How <laughs> yeah. could I say that that wasn't a miracle of God's mm. ordaining? Uh, I hadn't told anybody about that prayer, and yet God had answered. Yeah, wow. And I feel like it's such an encouragement that sometimes we don't even know what we're praying. Mm. But God hears the heart. That's right. And he answers those prayers that, that we pray even in silence, uh, right. even though nobody other nobody else hears them. Mm. Um, anyway, that was probably the start of a, of a wild journey. Um, at that point in time, I didn't know what I was in for. Uh, but it's been exciting, as as the team here in 3ABN will be aware, uh, of seeing God's handiwork mm. right at the last minute. So uh, needless to say, um, God worked a number of miracles out along the way for me to get down to that college, to quit my job, even though I'm supposed to give a couple of weeks' notice. And there was no implications for that. They were excited for me. And uh, and I packed all my stuff and, and said goodbye to all my friends. And, 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 and it turned out to be a providential thing that had happened at the last minute because then there was no anticipation stress. You know what I mean? Mm. For it to happen. All yes. that, that last weekend before the course was supposed to start was actually a blessing um, because it meant that I wasn't waiting around, oh, this is going to be hard and all the rest of it. Right. So God in his mercy, you know. Uh-huh. Um, in any case, um, <laughs> there's so many miracles that happened along the way thereafter that I can't even begin to cover them. But some of the highlights was... We turned up at this this Bible college, and it was on this beautiful health retreat uh, in Grosvale, up in the mountains uh, of Sydney, the Blue Mountains of Sydney. Okay, and um, I remember we were there for no more than a week. And the director, um, he's become a, a father figure to me, a spiritual father figure. Pastor Samuel, just okay. an absolute God-fearing man and, and a powerful influence in my life, praise God. Hmm. Uh, he said to us, it was like literally the first weekend, and he said to us, all right, guys, we're going to get around and we're going to pray. And we're like, yep, cool, cool. He said, yeah, we've, um, we've come up time for the lease uh, for the property, and so we need to pray because we don't have any money for it. Okay, yeah, no, no stress. This is going to be cool. It's going to be cool to see God working, you know. Hmm. Uh, he says it's $12,000. 
all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself, well, this just got serious. Mm. This isn't just pocket cash now. Yeah. Anyway, we started praying and sure enough, on the day that it was due, $12,000 came in just enough. And from there, we were like super excited, pumped up. You know, now we know that God's providing. It wasn't, um, (laughs) you know, whatever questions we had were were no longer there. Um, God had provided. And and I can tell you, I'll I'll give you just a couple of little uh, snippets of what had gone on through there. So, for example, we were driving and and we didn't have any money and we we didn't have any uh, fuel. Mm. And yet we're driving out to to the community that we're working in and and giving Bible studies and, and working with them for whatever they needed. And we're driving back from one of these um, adventures and we're on the end of our fuel tank capacity. And we're like, oh, don't know what's going to happen here, but, you know, God's got this covered. Let's just drive and see what happens. And then the car runs out of fuel on mm. a hill and we're like, oh, no, this isn't good. So we put our hazards on and we sort of pull over as far as we can off the side of the road. And, and me and my friend looked at each other with like, oh, not exactly sure what's going to happen now. And it was at that point in time after there was a stream of about four cars that drove past the last one, just put his brakes on about 50 metres up the road. And he started reversing up to us and gets out of his car. He's like, oh, what's going on, guys? We're like, oh, we just actually ran out of fuel. He's like, oh, that sucks as he's sort of walking towards us. And then this penny drops in his mind. He's like, oh, hang on a second. And he races back to his car, grabs his jerry can of fuel and comes down and puts 20 litres of fuel in our car. Wow. And we're like, oh, uh, thanks, man. He's like, no, don't even stress. It's not even my fuel. It's, it's, it's free fuel. I don't need to worry about it. Just take it. Enjoy. Good luck to you guys. And he gets back in his car, not without a couple of like um, glow tracks and um, okay. and some some um, you know we want to give back to to the guy that's just given us mm. something. So we gave him a couple of DVDs um, and and you know wished him well and he wished us well and he drove off, never seen him again. Um, but we had fuel, yeah, wow. and that Praise got us Lord. back to the the place where we were staying, for example. Mm. Um, Another example of a similar thing for uh, one of the other guys in the group, they had a similar experience where they ran out of fuel on the side of the road and um, they didn't know what to do. And, and this guy came out of the, the driveway that they had just pulled up out the front of. And he, he gave them, uh, he said to them, you know, are you guys all right? And they said, oh, well, we've just sort of run out of fuel. Um, and he's like, oh, let me just go on. Gra-. He went in, got some fuel, filled up their car. Same thing, right? They came back to the, um, the compound and, and told us a story, super exciting. One of the guys had this bright idea who's going to go back and, and give the guy a gift, you know, with some resources and things like that to to um, hopefully encourage him spiritually. Mm. And went back to the house with this care package and some, you know, chocolates and a few things, a few nice things for him. And um, went into the compound at the, the, the driveway of this guy and there was no one there except for this big dog. Anyway, he didn't want to get out of the car and so he sort of like eventually the dog sort of moved away and he went and put the, the care package on the porch of this, this house and as he's driving out, another car comes in and it's a lady and she winds the window down and, she, you know, can I help you? And he says to her, well, yeah, I was looking for this guy and she's like, oh, okay, it might be my husband. What did he look like? And he describes him. He's like tall and he's pretty, you know, pretty athletic and, um, uh, you know, really nice expression, really helpful kind of thing. Uh, that doesn't sound anything like my husband. Okay, um, are you sure? Like, it was, and how long have you been living here? She's like, oh, I've been here for a number of years, mm. but I don't know anyone that meets that description. Yeah. It wasn't until driving out later on that he kind of clicked. Could that have been an angel? Yeah, wow. Right. Um, another, another quick testimony. 
along those same lines of just these miracles of how God provides <laughs> for these kinds of things. We had um, uh, one of the members of the churches that we were directly associated with that was uh, dedicating his chickens and the the fresh eggs that were coming from them to the guys at the Bible worker house. Yeah. Um, and he they started laying eggs um, really well when he dedicated them and prayed over them and said that the eggs for these from these chickens are going to go to the guys that are at that house. And there was a time at which we went on holidays um, partway through the course, and he said at the time that we went on holidays, it was literally the same day, the eggs stopped coming from these chickens. Wow. We thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. In any case, it didn't think too much of it. But then when we came back from holidays... He said the chicken started laying eggs the very day that we came back from holidays. Now, we weren't on the same even compound, the same house, same property as these chickens. But mm. somehow they stopped laying eggs the time that we went on holidays. They had a holiday as well. And then when we came back, they started laying eggs again, all because yeah. they had been dedicated. Interesting story. That anyway. is a remarkable story. There's a few remarkable stories. There. Yeah. <laughs> and there was one more just that I, can, I would love to share as well. It was just of this. Um, we got invited as the young Bible workers with a lot of spiritual energy and, and, and that were pumped up about, about God. And they, we got invited to a youth camp. And we went along to this youth camp. And um, for whatever reason, they had ordered way too much bread for this youth camp. And they said, look, do you guys want to take this bread? Like, we can't do anything with it. Um, so, you know, can you can you take it with you guys? Is there something you can do with it? And we're like, sure, why not? We don't know. We took it back and um, brought all this bread into the kitchen. And the 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 cook nearly burst into tears. Hmm. And we're like, what what's going on? It's just like, I didn't know what I was going to be feeding you guys for the next couple of days. We ran out of money and, and, and we didn't have anything in the fridge to, to provide you guys. And now you've just brought all this bread. It's an answer to prayer. So it's just those those little answers to prayer along that were 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 the the grounding of my faith. I mm. would say she had a practical um, experience and faith. Indeed, and yeah. the things that we were taught there as well were just remarkable. So I had always grown up with this picture of God as like a domineering father figure, authoritative and, and okay. arbitrary, right? Hmm. Um, but some of the things that we learned there, with just the new perspective on who God is as a loving father. Uh, one story I remember quite vividly was in talking with uh, Pastor Samuel, the director, mm. um, and he was saying how this one time he had come back from a really big day at work, you know, um, and it had been a really long day. He'd gotten up early and it was really late. He was trying to pray on his knees uh, and he inevitably fell asleep um, while he was praying. And he woke up like a couple of minutes later. He's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry that I fell asleep while I'm praying to you. Here I am seeking the God of the universe and, and I fall asleep on you. That's so rude of me. And he said he had this very distinct impression. What's it like for you when your baby boy falls asleep in your arms? Oh, God, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. I love it. He's just so cute and he's yeah. so soft and just love holding him. You know, it's a beautiful moment. He said, this is what it's like for me when you fall asleep in your prayers with me. Wow. And just that perspective was just so heart-touching. Mm. All of a sudden, God wasn't an authoritative figure that I needed to fear as much as he was somebody that actually was intimately um, interested in my existence and my life. Yes. And I'm inclined to want to tell you more about that, but I'm also aware that we've got to go to a break. And uh, that's just the start of what okay. God has been doing. So I'll, I'll leave it over to you, Etienne. Yeah, no, wonderful. You know, as you've been talking there, I've been thinking of some Bible texts that have come to mind. For example, there's a sermon by Paul in Acts, 
and he's preaching to those in Athens, you know, and it says there that he talks about God, uh, that everybody should seek for him in the hope that they might find him because he is not far from each one of us. Yes. And it says in him we live and move and have our being. So what happens is heaven is very close to earth. Although it's in the unseen world, it's in the spiritual realm. We live in the physical realm. But God is there and always willing and able to help those who put faith and trust in him. I can and testify. I just, yeah, mm-hmm. and as you've testified. And also the fact that, you know, God is not an arbitrary judge. He is a loving father. Indeed. And just that, that mindset. That he, Jesus said he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yes. So thank you for painting that beautiful picture. My guest in the studio today is Brad Moody. We're just going to take a short break and we'll be back after this message. Stay tuned. Have you ever watched birds flying and wished you could do that? How many changes would have to be made to a human body before we could simply leap into the air and fly over mountains on our own power? You're probably thinking of quite a few changes, but imagine how many more changes would be required to make a reptile capable of flight. Yet Darwinists claim reptiles were modified into birds. If that occurred, then at least some of the innumerable intermediate forms between reptiles and birds should be recorded in the fossil record. This new display in the GRI building presents what is actually in the fossil record. Bird fossils exhibit a common fossil pattern. They appear suddenly and fully formed to fly. What about other flying organisms? No matter what the creature, flying is not a trivial achievement. It requires many adaptations that should be reflected in fossils. Yet when we look at insects, those that fly appear fully formed to fly without obvious intermediates in lower layers. Pterosaurs exhibit the same pattern of sudden appearance, fully formed to fly, and so do bats. Look at this cast of the lowest fossil bat and compare it with this modern bat skeleton. Does the fossil look more primitive? The fossil bat even appears to have been capable of echolocation, just as modern bats are. The purpose of displays like this is not to engage in complex debates, but to present the data as they are, so that the patterns can be clearly seen. In this particular case, the pattern of sudden appearance of organisms fully formed to fly is clear and occurs in all groups of organisms that engage in powered flight. The pattern does not support Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, but is consistent with the idea of creation as recorded in the Bible. Dear listener, welcome back. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony, and my guest in the studio today is Brad Moody, and he was just telling us about this incredible experience that he had when he actually tested God and started living by faith. No income, no way to sustain himself, and somehow God provided for you even with some of the fuel you know, examples that you were sharing for us, and even when it comes to food, I mean, the chicken's laying eggs and so on. So that's been fascinating. Uh, pick up the story from there. I'm looking forward to the second part of your uh, your testimony. Yeah, so as I was highlighting um, in the, the previous uh, section, uh, there's a verse that, where the disciples have just been sent out on a missionary journey, and this is kind of where I felt like I had, had been called. Yes. And they come back to Jesus, and he says to them, you know, did you lack anything? And he had told them to go out without a knapsack, without a, uh, without supplies. Just go with your staff in your hand, and God will provide along the way. That's right. And I feel like I have lived that <laughs> to a small degree, mm. um, and it was a powerful experience for sure. Um, 
from there, I guess, oh, where things turned, Bible college finished and I needed to find myself something to do. Um, and so I was thinking to myself, well, I need something that's going to be practical and tangibly helpful to people for me to find satisfaction in what I do. And I need to be helping people because as that that famous um, saying goes, love makes the world go round. And I believe that it, mm. it helps me go around. It helps sustain me as a person. I'm a happier person when I'm helping other people. And, and research is backing that these days as well. Mm. The people who help people are in turn helped themselves to be happier and, and more at peace with their lives. That is true. It's more so, blessed to give than to receive, the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very wise verse. Um, and I guess for me, when Bible college finished, I was like, okay, I need to be doing something practical um, and something that's going to be helpful to people. So health science is a no-brainer. Um, and so given that I was a mature age student at that point in time, I was like, all right, I'm just going to try my hand at pretty much the first thing that, that falls in my lap. And miraculously, I, I, I landed a position in the Bachelor of Podiatry program. And mm. um, thereafter, I, I, oh, there's been miracles after miracles is uh, to show me that I know that God has called me to where I am right now. Right. I'm not sure what his plan is for the future, mm-hmm. but but certainly for now I know that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And it encourages me, that verse that says that he knows the boundaries of his children, you mm. know, um, and he knows where each of us is going to be at any given time, um, not in a way that he's controlling it, but in a way that he cares about it. Um, and I guess that that leads me, I want to fast forward, I guess, to say it, because there's a lot of things that happened between that point and um, my most recent years. But um, I think those are the most exciting things that have happened in the last couple of years right. um, to okay. see how God has been showing himself very um, aware of my circumstances and very interested mm. in what it is that I'm going through in my life. And I guess that's what I want to encourage listeners out there with as well is that God knows where you are. He knows where you've come from, Hmm. the good things and the bad things, and he is interested, intimately interested in being acquainted with you and giving you that future and a hope that he promised. Hmm. Um, And I want to share just a little bit about how he did that for me. Okay, Um, wonderful. So essentially it was a couple of years ago that um, due to some unfortunate turns of events and some circumstances that were outside of my control, I found myself in what they call situational depression Mm. where um, because of circumstances, you're disillusioned with your purpose and fulfillment in life. um, And you feel as though you don't have hope um, and you feel as though you don't have fulfillment in your life even though you can be a christian Mm. you can still find yourself in a dark place where it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel Mm. and i was certainly in that space given those circumstances and um what was super encouraging to me was that even before i found myself in that pit of despair i'd had a dream where god had shown himself very relevant very real to me um, and that's what I wanted to share with you today, Etienne. You see, I didn't recognize that that dream was even significant until a couple of weeks after the circumstances that that I found myself that were wow. in. So it, it was like it precursed the darkness. Mm. So at the time that I had the dream, I thought everything was fine. I thought everything was going to be fine and get better, right? But then everything fell apart shortly thereafter, and I was in that pit of despair. 
But the dream that I had, all right, I was... I don't really dream very often, to be honest with you. And even when I do, I don't remember it. Right. But okay. this one's very, very clear to me, very, very, very real. Mm. And I can remember it as if it was last night. I was on the ground praying earnestly for something. I didn't know what. Like I said, I wasn't aware that my world was about to crash around me. And I was praying hard, harder than I'd ever prayed for anything before. And I remember in the dream that off to my right-hand side, there was a group of about 10 to 12 people and I was conscious that they were all watching me and they were talking amongst themselves about what was going on for me. And then beyond them was the rest of the world hustling and bustling by. Hmm. But I was conscious of these two things, but I didn't care about it. I was so dedicated to what I was praying for, whatever it was that had just drawn my attention above and beyond anything else in my life. Right. And then when I was in that zone, when I was in that space, there was this presence that arrived off to the right-hand side of all these people that had been watching and talking about me. And the presence that arrived was was so attractive, even though my eyes were closed and I was on the ground kneeling, praying, that it drew my attention from my, from my absorption. And I cracked my eyes open just a little bit and I, over, I looked at these feet. And as soon as I looked at these feet that were standing to the right-hand side of these people... That same drawing that had, had brought my attention out of my prayer became overwhelming and I couldn't help but open my eyes right up and look and here was Jesus. I don't know how or why I knew, but I just knew it was Jesus. Mm. And I was, without even thinking about it, clambering over on my hands and knees to fall at his feet and just weep, just cry. Mm. All of a sudden, it didn't matter what I'd just been praying about. Yeah. I was just there with the culmination of my entire religious experience over the last 10 years, which is where that whole Bible store, the Bible college stories had all sort of developed and my Christian experience had really grounded right. itself. So 10 years later, here I am at his feet and I'm just crying for just being in his presence. This is finally the fulfillment of my every desire. This is the one that I've been worshiping, mm. right? My prayers didn't matter. Nothing else mattered. I was just there and he was comforting me at his feet. And then after a little while of me just weeping of joy and, and, and fulfillment in that moment, I can't even explain it, I composed myself and I realized this is him. And I can finally make my petition straight to his face. Mm. So I got up with excitement and I looked him straight in the eyes. Etienne, I can't describe to you what it was like to look into the eyes of Jesus, mm. except to say that what it did to me, it was like as if, he could see into me. Now, I know we have this expression where someone looks through you. Yeah. It right. wasn't so much that he was looking through me, but it was like he was looking into me. Okay. And I don't remember the, 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 the features of his face, but I remember the expression. And the expression in those eyes said to me, I know you. I know the ins and outs of what make you tick. Mm. I know the good traits of character that you have, and I know the bad traits of character. I know every single circumstance that, you, that you've ever faced since you were born, and I know every circumstance that you will face until the day of your death. And knowing all the good things and the bad things, all that wrapped up in together, you are entirely vulnerable to me, and yet I love you with a passion that you cannot comprehend. Wow. In that same moment mm. of being entirely known, I'm entirely loved. And it gave me this, this, this peace in my chest that carries me two years later, Etienne. Still this peace in my chest that surpasses understanding. Mm. And it was in that moment 
that I found the fulfillment of my every desire. And finally, I, I, I got my bearing again and I, and, and I opened my mouth and I said to him, it's you and I can finally, but I don't even need to because you already. And every <laughs> half sentence that I had, his hand just moved ever so slightly and his smile, the gesture, the, the expression on his face changed hmm. just to say, I know the end of that sentence. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I already know what you're going through. I am there with you. And in that moment, I felt as if Jesus himself was experiencing the same things that I was experiencing. Mm. And it was like he could feel it even more than I do. And it just it touched my heart in a way that I can't begin to describe. But I remember waking up from that dream with a palpable peace in my chest, unable to feel any woe or sadness. Now, keeping in mind, this was just before my world fell apart. Right. But it was shortly after my world fell apart that this dream was God's reminder to me. I knew what was coming. This is for your growth. Mm. Even though it's difficult, you will grow through this experience. Not that I'm the one that's brought this experience upon you. But at the same time, you will grow in this experience. And I want you to have the peace that sustains you through it. Mm. And I've still got that peace today, Etienne. To the point where the Lord. I'm just excited mm. about sharing with others the peace that they can find in an experience with Jesus Christ as a personal and real savior. Mm. You see, thereafter, um, I found myself recovering from a very dark situation very rapidly um, because what I realized was all of my desires, I mean, we all have desires yeah. for food or for, for clothing, for, for companionship, for, mm. for financial stability. All of those desires, Jesus has a promise for every one of them. Mm. You know, he says that I am the light of the world. If you're hidden in darkness and you're worried that no one can see you. If you're lonely, he says, come to me and, and I will be your friend. You mm. know, I've already laid my life down for you. I'm going to be your companion if you'll just accept and draw close to me as I'm drawing close to you. You know, every one of them, I, I could go on, but I don't have sure. time for that. Um, my point is that I realize now that no matter how good um, I have it physically, emotionally, or psychologically, all of those desires, no matter how well they are being met in my life here, in a physical sense, they are far superseded by the experience that I had with just being in the presence of Jesus Christ in that one moment. And the reason why is because human relationships are all about mutual vulnerability. Mm, so that's right. if, I, if I'm sharing things with you now from my heart, it basically opens the way for us to build a trust mm. and to deepen our friendship together. That's right. The ultimate of which is obviously the marriage relationship between a husband and wife where two people become absolutely vulnerable to each other. And in that moment, they, they, in the trusting, loving relationship, that's the, the, that's, what the, that's the epitome of human relationship. But in that dream, what I realized was that Jesus takes those relationships to a new level. Because no matter how how good a relationship can ever get with another human, even the perfect marriage, it'll still be far below the relationship that you can have with Jesus because he knows you entirely. Yeah. And he said to me in that moment, I have got your entire soul laid bare 
and yet I love you with passion that you cannot comprehend. Mm. And so my needs for fulfillment, for, for being known, but being entirely loved were completely fulfilled. And it wasn't until much after the, that dream that I actually made that connection. Right. Um, but it's been a powerful revelation to me. And then on the flip side, what I've realized more and more is that Jesus made the first move in that relationship. When he became entirely vulnerable on that rugged cross, entirely bare as he hangs there, mm. right? His arms stretched out wide and he says to you, I'm doing this for you. My life is being exterminated for you. Mm. I give myself my entire vulnerability. The vulnerability of God was manifest on the cross. Yeah, and what blows my mind is that Jesus did that voluntarily because at any time he could have just, you know, he's God manifest in the flesh. He could have said, enough of this, I'm out of there. So the only thing that kept him on there wasn't the nails. It wasn't the force of the, the Romans. It wasn't the hatred of the Israel. It was simply love and wanting to save us. Well put. I yeah. couldn't have put it any better, Etienne. Mm. Exactly right. Um, and so he's already made the first move. Here yes. I am vulnerable to you. You can trust me. Mm. And he says to me, come unto me, all you that are laboring and are heavy laden. You're carrying big burdens. You're carrying the weight of your world upon your shoulders. And if you would just come to me and accept what it is that I've done for you, then you will find a peace and a rest for your souls that you cannot even begin to imagine. And that is what I have found as well, Etienne. And it has sailed mm. me across dark circumstances. Sure. So many. And it has just been a wonderful experience um, to see the way that Jesus can fulfill my every desire, you know, um, mm. for companionship, for financial stability, for um, uh, direction, for wisdom, for hope, for a future, for purpose. Anything that you can possibly desire, he promises to be the fulfillment, even to your very food. You know, you think about Jesus in the wilderness where um, the, the devil is tempting him to turn the stones to bread. Mm. And he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, hang on, Jesus. How is that possible? How can you live by nothing but the word of God? Well, that's because the word of God is life. Yes. The word of God is the thing that created you and the bread that you consume to sustain your life. Mm. So, of course, you can live by nothing but the bread of life, if that's what you're called to. Um, in any case, he is the sustainer and the provider of every one of our possible desires. And that's what I've found in my own experience. And it's, yeah, it's it's a crazy piece. But I just wish everybody could have a little piece of my piece, if yeah. you know what oh, I mean. Absolutely, yeah. Now, praise God for that. You know, as you were talking there, you know, Jesus quite often uses the, uh, the, the two words, I am which is the, the name for deities, the name for God. Yes. And it was the God that actually introduced himself to Moses just before he rescued Indeed. a whole group of people who had become enslaved and they were slaves. I mean, their rights were taken away. And matter of fact, they were taken away so much they even still referred to Pharaoh as their master and we your servants. You know, and when he took the straw away, you know, after that he said, oh, you guys are idle, that's why you want to go and leave and go into the wilderness. Um, but he introduced himself to, I am what I am, I am the great I am. Yeah, and then Jesus says, you know, I am the living water. I am the bread of life. So sustaining us and providing for us. Yes. And, uh, and I, I liked what you brought out about trust in the word of God because, you know, we don't live by bread alone but by every word, which means faith comes by hearing. 
and hearing by the word of God. So if we hear the word of God and we accept it as a promise, his promise to us, his love letter to us, we can trust it and expect God to deliver on that and not disappoint. Indeed. That is what I believe faith is, and that's biblical faith. So thank you for bringing that out. Yes. Well, that's a remarkable story. Now, I can tell it's more, as powerful as that dream was, it's more than just a dream that sustains you because I could feel the passion. I could see the passion as you were talking about your relationship with the Lord when you were going through the dark chapter in your life. What is it in your relationship with the Lord? What is it that you do that keeps the passion burning? Well, it's all about relationships. This is what I've discovered in in my Christian experience. And any relationship requires work, requires effort. Hmm. Um, And it's not any different with our relationship with God. So you're saying you're intentional with your relationship with God? Or Indeed. you just, if there's leftover time, I'll spend some time with you? Yeah, no, it's like <laughs> it's, intentional is a really good word for mm. it. So of a morning, I will spend um, time in just listening for the word of God, in just, in just praying, mm. in, in seeking out after um, uh, enhancing and in, in increasing my connection with God, just like I would um, with, uh, just like anybody would with their their, their husband or their wife. Right. You know, they're, they're going to spend time with that person, building that relationship, mm. and it comes through joint experiences. So, mm. so inviting God into my day, inviting God into the experiences of my day. Um, you know, I've got this appointment that I've got to go to God, but I don't know what I'm going to say in that appointment. You know, can you can you give me the guidance that I need for that? You know, mm. and 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 He does. The, the number of little miracles along the way, Etienne, it would take years. And, and I think John put it best when he says, you know, and Jesus did many other things. This is at the end of the Gospel of yes, John. He says, yes. Jesus did many other things, which if we're all written down, then even the books of the world would not have enough space That's to contain them. Right. Mm. Um, but what I recognize is that, um, is that uh, those little miracles are experiences, like with any relationship and its development, that give it strength and fortitude to face the difficulties so that more and more I become uh, able to brace when difficulties come because right. I know that God holds my hand mm. through those things. So that connection with God first thing in the morning, that's what you're talking about, and that's the importance, and that sets you up for the day. It sets me up for the day, mm. and and I can testify when there are days where I've missed that experience, mm. um, that I have difficulty finding uh, my foothold on the day for some reason. It's like circumstances just seem to work against me, and I don't seem to have the same uh, level of, uh, of, of, of ability to control things in my my day, it just things don't fall into place quite as easily. Mm. Or even your ability to control, I guess, you know, your peace, your emotions, and everything else that goes with it. Because, I mean, when you whether you spend time with God or whether you don't, it doesn't always mean the day will run smoothly. Mm. But the way you adapt it, the way it affects you, your your mindset, your peace, your joy, everything else can be uh, impacted by that, depending on whether you spent the time with God in the morning. Or Very not. well put. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Um, and it's just. It's a crazy experience, but mm. it's one that I wouldn't change for the world. You know, God has given me so much more than I could ever ask or think. And it's it's interesting that that verse that says, um, uh, "He that loves his life will lose it, but he that loses his life for my, my sake, sake will save it." Mm. And I found that when when I got to the point where that peace was so so total mm. in my life that it didn't matter what I had or didn't have. I had what I needed yeah. in just the person of Jesus Christ. Um, 
when you get to that point, then it's like as if he can give you all of those things that you're desiring, those those normal and healthy desires for companionship and for um, for for direction and purpose and for for food and financial stability, all those natural desires. It's they're normal, mm. and he can give you the fulfillment of those, and you can appreciate them. Yeah, because it's not a necessity anymore; it's surplus. Because mm. you've already got everything that you could need wow, or I want like that. Yeah. in Jesus Christ Himself. Yeah. You know, well he's, said. he's the bread of life that sustains your mm. your your physical sustenance. He's he's um you know he promises to fulfill every one of your financial needs along the way as well as we've talked about, and I guess you can face so much more with so much less <laughs> when you have that peace and and the grace of Christ sustaining you, um, because you don't need those things. You've got all your needs met in Him. That's right. That's really beautiful. Look, I'm so grateful you've uh, you've been sharing what God has done in your life, and I think it's been an encouragement for me just to listen to you. I could see the passion in your in your in your heart, and I could feel God speaking to me as well. And dear listener, I pray that God had been speaking to you as well. We've just been talking about finding all our desires met in Christ. Now He's made us social beings as well, so obviously he understands that we got to interact with one another. Adam was allowed to recognize that he needed. A companion as well before God gave him the companion. So God is everything we require, but God also provides for all our needs. You're saying even our social needs. Mm. And uh, I think of those eight statements. There's um, about eight statements, I am statements in the Gospel of John, for example. You know, I am the bread of life. So Jesus says, I am, which means I am God. I'm the bread of life. I am the living bread. He says, I am the light of the world. Before Abraham was, I am, just showing that he's always been. I am the door. So, you know, we are to enter eternal life through Jesus Christ. I am the good shepherd. We are the sheep of his pasture. Uh, the other one is I am the resurrection and the life. So we can trust God with our, our entire being. And, you know, quite often people fear death. Yes. But when we know the I am, we know Jesus Christ, God who was manifest in the flesh, God who is our mediator in heaven. We don't have to fear even death. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you don't know which direction to take and where you're going to go, God will provide and sustain Indeed. and give you give you a path, just like your testimony yes. has demonstrated. And then, of course, I am the true vine, and we are the branches. And without without me, Jesus says, without him we can do nothing. That's John chapter 15 and verse 5. And the thing is, uh, we cannot bear fruit amongst apart from God. But if yes. we're grafted into the vine, we can then demonstrate his righteousness, his love. And in my books, righteousness is love. Yeah. That is that is what uh, God wants us to do. He wants us to represent him. So thank you for coming to share your testimony today. In closing, is there any words of encouragement you can give someone out there who's seeking? Um, perhaps you know their life is maybe uh, difficult at the moment. Maybe they're going through challenges. It might be financial challenges. It might be relationship challenges. Any words of encouragement you can give them? There is a prayer that I have prayed Many a time, and I continue to pray um, over these last few years. And it's a simple prayer, but a powerful prayer because it actually has a literal effect every time I pray it. Mm. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. Yes. There is so many circumstances in our lives, every one of us faces them, that we don't know how to handle. We don't have strength or wisdom to know what to do in those situations and to navigate them effectively. And whenever I come across those difficult circumstances, I find such a peace when I pray the prayer, God, you promise to be 
the fulfillment of my desires. Fulfillment for stability, financial stability, for direction and purpose in life. And if you've promised to be the fulfillment of my desires, then you need to be the fulfillment of my desires right now so that I can feel at peace and rest with the circumstances I'm facing Mm. and know that you're in control. So simply each time that I find myself in those positions where I don't know what to do, how to think or how to face what I'm facing with stress from whatever um, source it's coming from, I simply pray, God, you've promised to be the fulfillment of my desire. Fulfill this desire in me now so that I don't look for someone or something or somewhere else to find that fulfillment. And I tell you, Etienne, without a doubt, every single time I've prayed that prayer, I have a return of that same peace that just settles my heart. doesn't necessarily fix the problems then and there, Mm. but what it gives me is a peace to be able to settle and rest in the knowledge that he has it in control Mm. and that he's going to work it all out. Wonderful. Well, dear listener, my guest in the studio today is Brad Moody, and we're just going to take a short break here to share our contact details with you. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back after this. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456, or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. My guest in the studio has been Brad Moody, who's been sharing his testimony with us. Well, aspects of his testimony, because I know the story is far greater than that, (laughs) how God has worked in his life and some of the miracles he's experienced simply by trusting the Lord and relying on him, and how God in his grace and his mercy has actually even preempted troubles and challenges that were facing him and giving him even some wonderful dreams where he found a personal Savior who knew him intimately, knew his good and his bad, And he found acceptance and peace there. So, dear listener, we pray that that would be your experience as well as you spend time with him. Now, Brad Moody works here on the Central Coast, and he is a podiatrist. And you can find him at Riverside Podiatry. He has a clinic in West Gosford, and he also has one at Wyong. So if you have any troubles with your feet or your lower limbs, Brad Moody, podiatrist, is the person to see at Riverside. So if you want those uh, details, just get in touch with you using the contact details we shared with you before. But, Brad, thank you for coming in today and sharing your testimony. It's been a pleasure hearing from you. Thank you so much, Etienne. It's been an absolute privilege to be able to share what God's been doing. Wonderful. And, dear listener, we pray that God would bless you and keep you until we meet with you next time. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.